Welcome to 10 Questions with Tane, the political series, where I catch up with candidates standing in this year's election to learn more about who they are and why they're standing. Hello, you're listening to Reality Check Radio, and this is 10 Questions with Tane, another special interview with a political candidate in the 2023 general election. So we'll start off, first question, what is your name? Yeah, Tane, my name is Paul Adams, and uh, I'm standing for the New Zealand Party in the uh, East Coast Bays electric. Oh, you've already answered the second question as well. That's great. And why the New Zealand Party? Tell us about that. Well, because New Zealand is a party with values that really this nation was founded upon. You know, we've sung our national anthem for over 100 years, God defend New Zealand, and yet we've moved away from that. And the reason I'm standing is I'm a great family man. I've got uh, four children, 14 grandchildren, and my first great-granddaughter, and I just don't like what's happening. I don't like the hurt and the pain that I see in everyday New Zealanders. I've worked in real estate for the last 18 years, and it doesn't matter which culture you are or which country you have come from, the people are feeling the same pain. They're feeling broken. And they've had things affect them that they really had no control over. And so that's why I'm standing for New Zealand, because I want us to go back to some basic principles of life that have worked well in this country and will work well in the future again. What, what are some of those values or principles of, of New Zealand, if you want to share? Yeah, certainly. Well, basically, I saw when I the reason I went into Parliament previously for United Future in 2002 was Peter Dunn came up with the idea of a families commission. Now, that was the beginning of the breakdown of families in New Zealand, in my opinion. And I wanted to help them, but I didn't want to go to Parliament because I was running a dual franchise car dealership that I owned in Albany. But long story short, I ended up there. But it's those families. The families have to come back to the centricity of life. You know, that they are the backbone of society and they've been hit from every angle possible and that must change. Mm. Freedoms mm. is another one. Like I was down at the protests and, you know, what you see in the press about what happened is absolute rubbish. They were a wide and diverse group of people, as New Zealanders are, but they came with a common purpose. They were coming against the mandates. Big Brother is starting to control too much. And I believe it's happening even amongst the politicians. Like I said to my wife, 90% of those guys sitting up in that beehive now don't deserve to be there because they didn't come out and hear us. And we would always come out and hear the people. We're the people's representatives when we go down there. And so at my age, I'm not a young fella anymore, but I've still got a bit of fire in me. I've still got a heart for this nation. I still want to see my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren have a future and a hope. And unless I put my hand up and go and do something about it, well, I won't sleep at night. So I'm in there with Alfred and our other great team, and we will change the direction this country's going, and believe me. That's very inspiring, very inspiring. And and I, I totally agree with you. Strong families, strong nation. It's so important, and it's been it's under attack by in so many ways, uh, what's going on in schools and the, way, the fact that it's just difficult to form families, more difficult than it was in the past. There's many issues. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like we're in a society now that both parents have to go to work when they raise a family. 
They have no choice. That's out of their control. And it wasn't like that when we brought up our children. And it was a lot different when mum could stay at home. And there's many young mothers that would love to stay at home, but they're not recognised for the great work that they do. So we've mm. got to change things so that, like, people love freedom. And I love freedom. And people are free to choose anything they want. But every choice in life has a consequence. And, you know, we're not given the other side of the story very often than what we hear in our media these days. Yeah, and I think people... People, yeah, thanks. People talk about freedom and then you said, yeah, people have the freedom to choose, but what if people have been uh, brainwashed or indoctrinated to believe a certain thing and they think that they have the freedom, they think that they're using freedom to choose something, but they've actually, it's not even in their own best interest and they wouldn't be choosing that option if it, if it weren't for the indoctrinations. It becomes quite... Well, we're, we're, where was the freedom to choose on the vaccinations? Mm. When Chris Hipkins says there was no mandates, there was no compulsion. Well, you tell that to the school teachers, you tell that to the nurses, you tell that to the doctors, you tell those that had to keep working because they had to feed their family. Now, that's not a country I want to live in. That's got to shift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll move into another question. So how long have you been involved in politics? You mentioned the the United Future um stint you did was that just one term or great it was it was one term it was 2002 to 2005 and really um any mp is really under the control of a party and also the party leader and even though we had um five or six christians uh we were definitely felt restricted at times on what we were able to to bring forward rightly or wrongly and so the second time I stood as an independent in the East Coast space because I still feel that people don't fully understand MMP. They, 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 all the parties, because they know the danger to them if the people don't give them two ticks, they may get people in there that will genuinely represent the people by being their electorate. And as I campaigned, I said, if you don't like what I do, you can vote me out at the next election. But in many cases, they can't vote their electorate MP out because they're also so high on the list that they're mm. going to go in there anyway. So mm. I stood as an independent, got just under 6,000 votes, which is the highest that any independent candidate in the country has ever achieved. Um, but I obviously wasn't successful. So for the last 18 years, I've been doing real estate. But then when Alfred tapped me on the shoulder and said, will you come with me? I said, no. Been there, done that. Um, but then God has his ways because, you know, like we're both Christians. And, um, you know, I, I had written on a photo when I came out. I was a professional motorsport driver um, in New Zealand for about six or seven years. And I didn't realize I was in my last race in, for Toyota in a Toyota crawler. I had a beautiful photo of my car coming around the uh, hairpin at, at um, Pukekohe up on two wheels and, um, Apparently, it did it every lap. I, d I didn't know. And when God took me out of motorsport, because it was my God, everyone has a God that they serve, and motorsport was mine, uh, and I wrote it on it. And um, when I was praying about whether I should go in with Alfred, I wasn't getting any scripture confirmation. And then I said, God, it's not a hard question. Do I go or I don't? I don't mind whichever it is. And then he said, what about your word that you wrote on that photo? And I went down to my shed and read it, and it, said, and it was out of eye desire. And then I heard the verse of the Lord calling, who can I send and who will go for me? 
And I said, here I am, Lord, send me. He said, have you changed your mind? So I had to ring up Alfred and said, okay, I'm coming. So that's why I'm going back. There's Very a cool. call on your life. Everyone's got a call on their life. And, yes, um, you sort of answered the, the sixth question, why did you get involved? Uh, the, the next one is what's the most or what are the most pressing issues facing New Zealand today? You sort of alluded to some of them, but if there are any more you wanted to add, you could mention them here. Well, in, in a nutshell, our country is broken. And, you know, it's the people that make a country, you know, succeed. You look, I go into cafes, speak to small business owners. I've got many friends that are in big business, small business. They're all coming under undue pressure and it's very difficult to survive. The average man in the street is having trouble feeding his family. The costs are out of control. Now, these are pressures that have come on from government legislation. You know, they will say that it's outside influences like COVID. They'll say it's outside uh, influences like the war in Ukraine. No, it's from regulations that they've put on ones like our farmers that have increased their costs. The fuel is going up. That can affect the cost of transport. Uh, they're putting taxes on taxes. And it's just ludicrous. The madness must stop. Mm. Mm. How do you think we can solve some of those problems? Well, I think the first thing that we've got to do is just come back to basics. It's like, as they say, if your income is less than your outgoings, the shortfall is going to be your downfall. They're spending money through government departments like it's just printable. Well, they have been printing it. But we've got to bring costs down to the country We've got so much natural resources around this country that we can just prosper overnight if we create people's ability to go back and be creative. You know, like we've got great entrepreneurs in this country. We punch way above our weight, whether it's in sports or entrepreneurship, but people are being squeezed. They're being discouraged. We've got to encourage them again. We've got a great future. We've got a great country. We have natural resources that we can tap into. And if we can get this country earning again, or we can get the people encouraged again, if they can believe in themselves again, which they, they, they we've got great people in this nation, but they need to be encouraged. Everybody needs to be encouraged. They don't need to be squeezed down, hit on the head with a hammer, and then stomped under somebody's foot. They're over that. They want to get ahead. And that's what we've got to make our way for. And it's very complex. You can't do that in a 10-sentence interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How is your How is your campaign going? It's incredible. We've only been going for roughly four weeks, which will be a miracle in itself. We're already featuring in the polls at 1%, at 1% and we're, so we've only got four to go. And um, And nothing is impossible. Like people told me when I started motor racing, oh, you're wasting your money. And they said, what are you trying to do? I said, I want a professional racing driver and I want to win a New Zealand championship. And they said, forget about it. Well, if I'd taken their advice, I would have never won three New Zealand championships. I would have never become a professional racing driver. People tell me on the small party, you're wasting your time. No, I'm not, because we've been fishing in the same pool for too long. What do you want to do? Just change the flavour of your bait and give it to the same fish? I don't. We've got to change the flavour of the parliament that we've got. And the only way we can do that is to put the right people, different people, because they're all sick of the mix they've got. There are some good MPs there. I, I don't dispute that. 
but there's about 90% of them that preferably I would like to see them go because they haven't stood for what the people want, and that's what we've got to change. So vote New Zealand. It's the only option. Awesome. And last question, bonus one, what, what do you do when you're not campaigning? Uh, currently, um, I'm only campaigning, but I've been working in real estate for the last 18 years. Prior to that, I was for three years in Parliament, but then I've had a multitude of businesses. We had a manufacturing business that we made 90% of the outdoor playground equipment and school equipment in the country. We did fencing gates and clotheslines. I was the carpenter and joiner by trade. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've worked in, uh, in car sales. I've always been self-employed my whole life, uh, apart from when I did my apprenticeship. What I did fail at, and I failed very well at it, was school because it didn't light my fire. And there's so many people that in this country that they've got a fire within them that, again, needs to be ignited. And if we can alight and ignite enough of those fires, we'll have a tremendous bushfire that will destroy all the rubbish in this country and will come out with a pure diamond.